It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Last week, the UN issued a new warning. Total societal collapse is looming. I wish they were wrong, but they're not. Before I dive into that new UN statement, let's take a moment to look up. Climate intervention operations continue to be ramped up all over the world, crushing crops, killing forests, decimating the ozone layer, and contaminating every breath we take. Look up. When you see the sky filled with filth, it's an expanding, lingering remnant that's being dispersed from aircraft. That's not condensation. Condensation doesn't do that. We have film footage at geoengineeringwatch.org of these aircraft, nozzles visible, turning dispersions on and off. End of discussion. It's not condensation. It's a sprayed climate engineering dispersion. We've tested at altitude and posted on film that testing. View the groundbreaking climate engineering documentary titled The Dimming on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for free. Official sources and the corporate media weapon of mass distraction they control are utilizing every possible means they have to distract and divide populations, keeping their eyes off the wider horizon. Here's a snapshot of the wider horizon from a source that's not known for telling the truth, but in this case, the truth is becoming all but impossible to hide. The following headline is from last week. UN warns of, quote, total societal collapse due to, quote, breaching of planetary boundaries. Here's an excerpt from the UN report. Escalating synergies between disasters, economic vulnerabilities, and ecosystem failures are escalating the risk of, quote, global collapse scenarios. This stark conclusion appears to be the first time that the UN has issued a flagship global report finding that existing global policies are accelerating toward the collapse of human civilization. Yet, somehow, this urgent warning has remained unreported until now. That's what they state. But that's not the truth, is it? GeoengineeringWatch.org has been trumpeting this exact warning for over a decade and a half. Here's more from the UN statement. They say the situation is likely to be worse than acknowledged in this UN report. A potential impact when systemic risks become cascading disasters is that systems are at risk of collapse. Cascading collapse and cascading co-extinction. It's not coming. It's here. It's all occurring now. Again, cascading co-extinction means that when one species goes extinct, all other species that depended on that species also go extinct, and the dominoes continue to fall, each one successively larger than the last. Keep that in mind. Your report continues with this. Planetary boundaries have been crossed past a safe limit. There is a large degree, they say, of uncertainty as to humanity's position relative to the boundaries with strong suspicion and evidence of some, if not all, of these boundaries having been crossed already. We appear to be either very close to reaching this point or have already reached it, they say. We're well past the point of no return. Keep that in mind. I've covered that in broadcast after broadcast. We passed that point about two decades ago. They then say this, in this feedback loop, Earth system disruptions, in this case triggered by breaching of planetary boundaries, destabilize social, political, and economic institutions. Let's sum that up. When there's not enough to go around, the law of the jungle prevails immediately. And we are perilously close to that point. A Mad Max scenario 
that's far worse than anything the Hollywood films ever depicted. How dark is the wider horizon? And why aren't the so-called scientists sounding the alarm? Here's the answer, because they work for entities that ensure they won't publish anything that could possibly alert and thus panic populations before the power structure is ready for that to happen. The problem doesn't stem from sound scientific methods. The problem comes from what amounts to science prostitutes that will come up with any conclusion they're paid to come up with. And while I'm covering the following few headline examples, stop and consider who controls the money printing and thus the matrix. The same group of global power brokers that have long since made clear their objective of radically reducing global populations. Another landslide of bad news breaking headlines to cover in this broadcast. But first, a few points to ponder and to always remember. To those that still think the global controllers actually care about them, their welfare, or that of their posterity, please, please think again. The planet's life support systems have been exploited far past the breaking point. Earth's life support systems are imploding. The ship is sinking by the day. Who do you think the controllers are going to try and put in the proverbial lifeboats? You and yours, or them and theirs? Think about it. Unfolding and accelerating global ecological collapse is the foundational factor fueling the sea of insanity from every conceivable direction. CV-19 is a controller response to biosphere collapse. Other cards will and are being played. The party's over, and it's not coming back. You're listening to the weekly Global Alert News Hour, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. G-E-O, the word engineering, watch.org. We're the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert climate engineering operations. This broadcast is now aired on numerous AM and FM stations in cities throughout the U.S. This is Dane Wigginton, your host of the Bad News Broadcast. Please check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our YouTube channel versions of the Global Alert News Broadcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please circulate our groundbreaking documentary exposing global climate engineering operations titled The Dimming. It's available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Help us to expand our voice and in doing so to more effectively sound the alarm. Moving on. First, this question. Just how twisted and demented are the global controllers and those who advise them? Dr. Yuval Noah Harari is a top advisor to World Economic Forum globalist Klaus Schwab. Harari is a professor at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Dr. Harari says we are all, quote, hackable animals. And we now have the technology, he says, to do it on a massive scale. Are such plans already being implemented? Listen to Dr. Harari for yourself in his own words. Here it is. Now, in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough, and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. 
By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. And if indeed we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity, this will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life four billion years ago. Stop for a moment and consider the inconceivable arrogance, hubris, and outright insanity that this top globalist advisor is pushing. Understand those at the top of the power structure pyramid not only believe that they have the right to, quote, hack humanity, but they also fully believe that it is their right to decide who continues to exist and who doesn't. Even more, they don't just believe it is their right to make such decisions, but it is their responsibility. So they believe. More from Dr. Harari, top advisor to globalist Klaus Schwab. For four billion years, nothing fundamental changed in the basic rules of the game of life. All of life, for four billion years, dinosaurs, amoebas, tomatoes, humans, all of life was subject to the laws of natural selection and to the laws of organic biochemistry. But this is now about to change. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life, after being confined to, for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may ena enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. So after four billion years of organic life shaped by natural selection, we are entering the era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. Inorganic life shaped by, quote, intelligent design? Is the magnitude of who these people are sinking in yet? Not just who they are, but rather what they are. From the entire CV-19 scenario to the ongoing weather warfare being conducted in our skies, such are the works of the global controllers. Some final statements from Dr. Harari. So does the data about my DNA, my brain, my body, my life, does it belong to me or to some corporation or to the government or perhaps to the human collective? Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. 
free will, that's over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see we have no chance. So, 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 so let's do it. Vaccine won't help us go the to the test, The vaccine will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things you know, more manageable. Surveillance, people could look back in 100 years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This. I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. Let's recap that. Harari stated that hacking humans, the technology to hack humans, he considers the most important event of the 21st century. He also said, quote, vaccines will make things more manageable. In what way, Dr. Harari? Let's consider this quote from Zygmunt Brzezinski, former advisor to presidents from Johnson all the way up to when he passed away about five years ago. U.S. presidential advisor Zygmunt Brzezinski said this, in earlier times, it was easier to control a million people than to kill a million people. Today, Zygmunt said, it is infinitely easier to kill a million people than to control a million. Think deeply about all of that while you're connecting everything that Dr. Harari stated in the audio I just played. And some points never to forget. In 2015, in the journal Nature, a peer-reviewed science study was published that announced that the gain-of-function characteristic that allowed coronavirus to make the jump to humans was engineered by labs in Wuhan and China and Chapel Hill in North Carolina with funding from the NIH and Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Let's also not forget, in 2017, on film and on the record, Dr. Anthony Fauci stated that there would be a, quote, surprise pandemic, end quote, during this presidency. And so there was. One more point not to forget. The Bill Gates organized Event 201 that we were told was a simulation of a global coronavirus pandemic. And they conducted this so-called simulation in October of 2019, weeks before the actual global pandemic took off, or should I say, was let loose. And ever since, exactly as stated on this broadcast in January of 2020, ever more virulent versions of COVID-19 would keep coming. And so they did. There are much more lethal pathogens being held in biolabs all over the world. And if you think the last two plus years have been rough, what lies ahead will be unimaginably worse. From the LA Times, this coronavirus today, why things are getting worse. Just a few short months ago, they say the end of the pandemic seemed close at hand. The Omicron wave was in the rearview mirror. Now the coronavirus is making a comeback in California. 19 counties lost their status of having low COVID community levels. How did we get here? That's what the Sally Times report asks. And then they answer it. Unfortunately, they say Omicron didn't rest on its laurels. They say the original strain has been followed by a series of subvariants that have spread even more readily than its highly transmissible predecessor. Yes, ever more virulent versions. From Politico.com, this from last week. Vaccine injury compensation programs overwhelmed as congressional reform languishes. 
This report states that the vaccine injury compensation program between 2010 and 2020 received 500 complaints, although certainly that's a small fraction of what's actually occurring. They continue with this. In the two years since COVID-19 appeared, it has received over 8,000 complaints. They then say there are fears those optics could fuel vaccine hesitancy. Gee, I wonder why. If the public mistakes the situation as too many injuries flooding the program. Well, I wonder why they would think that. One more COVID-19 vaccine update, though there are so much shocking data reports that this theme could carry on for hours. Consider this exposenews.com headline from last week. Confirmed 70,000 people dead within 28 days of COVID-19 vaccination in England and 179,000 dead within 60 days. The report further states, the Office for National Statistics has revealed that between January 2021 and March 2022, a total of 69,466 people died within 28 days of COVID-19 vaccinations, and 109,408 people died within 60 days of vaccinations in England. Combine those two numbers, and you end up with about 179,000 total. If that sounds bad, the statistics from VAERS in the United States, the Vaccine Adverse Event Recording System, and the Endura Vigilant Vaccine Injury System in Europe are far higher still. Between those two sources of vaccine injury data, COVID vaccine injuries are statistically now well into the millions. So much for safe and effective. Question, is the great cooling now well underway? You decide. Alliances are being formed by power structure factions that are preparing as fast as they can for now imminent global collapse, ecological and societal. But don't worry, paid liars from the so-called science community will continue to try and convince us that trouble is still not quite here and that we can still tech our way out of planetary omnicide if we just trust them. Trust the experts, they tell us. That's what we're trained and programmed to do from birth. How's that going so far? Consider the following past headline examples of science for hire. This, the science goes to the highest bidder. This headline, and please look all of these up. Please don't believe anything I'm exposing in this broadcast. The point is to trigger honest and objective investigation. Please investigate. Again, the headline, science bought and sold to the highest bidder. And this, researchers uncover patterns in how scientists lie about their data. Big surprise. If you think this doesn't include the medical industrial complex, it's just the climate science community, think again. It's all science communities. And this, scientists pleads guilty to falsifying data. And this, scientists falsify data to get research published. The list goes on and on and on. Business as usual. The science ultimately is what those who are paying the paycheck and pension of the scientists say it is. That's what it comes down to in so many cases. And I'm begging, pleading with those in the science community who are afraid to step forward, who want to stay in their cabin on the sinking Titanic. That won't save you or us or anyone else. Please band together, stand up together, and tell the truth while it can still make a difference. Because about the wider horizon, it's exponentially darker than we're being told by the so-called science community. And with all that in mind, now let's consider this new report from last week, published by ZeroHedge.com. And a forewarning, the delusional narrative that this report pushes is every bit as dangerous as the globalists themselves and their bought and paid for scientists. Here's the headline. Food, fuel, 
and inflation crises all stem, they say, from globalist policies. Let's go through this and then expose it for what it is. They say the global elites left Davos last week after grappling with solutions to the profound crises facing the world. They left as they arrived, unaware that the crises are entirely of their own making. So says this report. Take energy, where shortages have led to the highest gasoline prices in the U.S. and the U.K. in history, and to fuel poverty, affecting millions of people, if not the specter of climate change, for decades one of the globalist central preoccupations. The world's energy situation would be radically different. Let's stop there for a moment. More carbon extraction, followed by yet more climate engineering, will only ensure our collective near-term demise. Keep that in mind. More from this report that completely ignores any need for a functional environment, i.e. no habitat, no humans. They say in this report then that Canada's tar sands wouldn't have been demonized and the country would have built the Keystone XL pipeline and other pipelines to transport ever greater quantities of energy across the continent and beyond. They continue. Liquefied natural gas facilities on the Atlantic and Pacific coasts of Asia, the Americas and Europe would have been built to ship and receive plentiful natural gas. They then say net zero policies wouldn't be crippling the financing of new carbon fuel facilities. Carbon taxes wouldn't be making energy ever more expensive. Let me stop there for a moment. The expense of energy. When there was virtually no consideration for energy companies destroying Earth's last remaining habitat, how can you ever calculate the true expense of this energy extraction, i.e. you can't? You can't. We face imminent near-term omnicide, and yet we have this type of article. Let me continue. The Zero Hedge Report then states, in the same way that the United States quickly became the world's largest oil and gas exporter once the previous administration scaled back crippling climate-related regulations, Europe would have been awash in energy had bans on fracking and offshore fossil fuel development been lifted to allow developments of its immense oil and gas reserves. Instead of fuel poverty, Europe would have been experiencing fuel plenty. Fuel plenty like the fracking wells that have poisoned groundwater all over the world, like the Macondo well in the Gulf of Mexico that is still an ongoing disaster, and countless others that aren't reported. They then say, the globalists pushing climate change policies tell us There is no choice if the planet is to be saved from catastrophe many decades, if not centuries from now, so they say. What they don't tell us, the Zero Hedge report states, is that their prophecies of doom are based on computer climate models, all of which have proven false to date. I don't even know how to respond to this kind of total delusion. Doom and gloom proven false, the Zero Hedge report states. Really, what planet... Do such people with such conclusions actually live on? It can't be this one. Here's a few fun facts for the doom and gloom denialists. The current species extinction rate is fully 15,000 times the background rate of extinction. That's a million and a half percent of normal. Our oceans are dying by the day. Global pelagic fish populations are down about 90%. That's the food fish. Plankton down about 70%. That's the single greatest source of oxygen on the planet, or it was. When the oceans die, we die. Global insect apocalypse, it's here. Overall populations, terrestrial and aquatic insects down about 80% or more. 
global tree populations down about 60%, and the rest are dying and or incinerating. No trees, no people. Global wildlife populations are down 70% in the last 40 years. The statistical zero hour for no functional wildlife populations on the current trajectory is 2026. The ozone layer is collapsing. No ozone layer, no people. Our soils, our waters, our air, all are now, in essence, poisoned. And above it all, the climate engineering onslaught continues unabated. Just doom and gloom? No. No, it's reality. And please don't believe me on any of it. Please conduct honest and objective investigation. You won't like what you learn. And so often I'm given the following advice. Quote, be more optimistic, Dane. More people will listen. And here's my answer. Though I hope more and more will summon the courage to face the full fury of reality head on. And that's the only true path to unshakable solace, by the way. Whether anyone at all listens to my broadcasts or not is not in my control. My mission, my appointed post, is to sound the alarm at the top of my lungs, which I will continue to do until my last breath. How it all turns out is in far bigger hands. But this being said, it's up to all of us to play our part, to make a difference as best we can, given our own individual circumstances and situations. Doing so is not just an option. It's our absolute obligation to the Creator. The degree of global ecological collapse denial that was so glaringly evident in the report that I just covered reflects, in essence, carbon fuel addicts. So many in so-called modern societies that want to keep the carbon fuel fiesta going at any cost, even extremely near-term planetary omnicide, which is already kicking in the front door, by the way. And never forget that those in power couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population, i.e., we've seen the enemy, and he is us. Next headline from the UK Guardian. Major New Zealand salmon producer shuts down farms as warming waters cause mass die-offs. From that report, New Zealand's salmon farms account for about 85% of global supply of king salmon. The Guardian article then states up to 42% of the company's fish have died in warm water areas this year alone. CEO warning, climate change is, quote, faster than people think, end quote. Unimaginably faster. We are on a runaway train. It is exponential. It is not just climate change. It is an abrupt climate collapse. That's what's happening. With climate intervention operations radically fueling the entire process. For the record, farm salmon collapses are also occurring in Chile and Norway and Russia. And for the same reasons... And also for the record, farm salmon is one of the most toxic foods you can consume. There's so much more unfolding, far more than I could cover in hours of airtime, but let's take a snapshot. Mass die-offs on planet Earth. The following headlines are from this year alone, 2022. And as dark a picture as they paint, they're only a very small sample from hundreds of similar headlines, even from this year alone. Massive die-off of sea creatures, not a living thing for miles. That's from Yorkshire, England. And there's this. Tons of dead fish found washed up on beaches in New Caledonia. And this. Tens of thousands of fish washed up dead on beaches in Argentina. Another. Thousands of dead fish and manta rays found dead on beach in El Salvador. Another. Massive die-off of fish along 10-kilometer coast of Japan near Hokkaido. And this. Tens of thousands of dead fish wash up is, quote, a mystery on a beach in Chile. It's not a mystery. That's what the scientists are paid to say. Gee, we don't know. 
I'm going to keep going and keep in mind, this is a small, very small sample of headlines from this year alone. Here's another. Hundreds of dead seals wash up on the coast of Namibia. And this, thousands of dead fish wash up in Madagascar. Another, thousands of dead fish wash up on a beach in Bangladesh. Another, hundreds of thousands of fish killed due to flooding in New South Wales, Australia. Another, hundreds of dead turtles found along the coast of Paradesh, India. Another, thousands of dead fish found floating in a river in Kalapur, India. Another, thousands of dead fish wash up in the Tigris River in Turkey. Another, mass sea urchin die-off occurring in the Caribbean. Another, thousands of scallops wash ashore, quote, never seen anything like it, was the statement from Florida officials. It goes on and on and on. Just doom and gloom hype? Really? No, not so much. Here's a reminder of a recent headline from the New York Times, quote, warning on mass extinction of sea life, an oh my God moment. That's the headline. Let's add more headlines to this. Hundreds of dead and dying seabirds wash ashore in California because they have nothing to eat in the ocean. Another one, hundreds of seabirds dying in western Newfoundland, Canada. Another, hundreds of dead birds wash up on Solway Coast in Cumbria, England. Another, hundreds of birds drop dead after, quote, electric bang in Wales, UK. Electric bang. With our atmosphere being constantly bombarded with radio frequency microwave transmissions, is it any wonder that birds are falling out of the sky and it's ripping apart Earth's protective layers of atmosphere? Another headline, tens of thousands of goats, tens of thousands, and sheep dead due to storm in northern Kenya. Another, hundreds of thousands of chickens killed due to heat wave in Uruguay. I could keep going on and on for hours, but how many won't look at the truth at the wider horizon? They'll keep telling themselves it isn't so until the store shelves empty out and the law of the jungle is here, which is very, very near at this point. You can quote me on that. And then there's the latest epidemic of bird flu already responsible for the culling of hundreds of millions of birds worldwide this year alone. And now we have human cases of bird flu. What's in store for us next? You decide. But wait, let's remember, they tell us technology is going to save us all in the final hour. Right? Not so much. From Bloomberg, miracle fuel hydrogen can actually make climate change worse. Yet another article of, gee, we didn't know, it's way worse than we thought. Let's examine this report. Here it is. They say if it escapes into the air, this, quote, green fuel can contribute to global warming, which is why scientists say we need to limit leaks, really. A world desperate for climate-friendly fuel is pinning its hopes on hydrogen, seeing it as a way to power factories, buildings, ships, and planes without pumping carbon dioxide into the sky. But now, scientists are warning that hydrogen leaked into the atmosphere can contribute to climate change much like carbon, adding to the very problem it's supposed to solve. Sound like the pharmaceutical industrial cure for planet Earth? That's what climate engineering is on steroids. Hydrogen report states when leaked, sets off a series of chemical reactions that warm the air. It can do more damage than CO2 in the short term. Over 20 years, hydrogen has 33 times the global warming potential of an equal amount of carbon dioxide. And there's methane that's 120 times more potent over a 10-year time horizon. The report on hydrogen continues. Governments worldwide are investing billions to build a hydrogen economy, seeing the gas as one of the only options for decarbonizing many industries that can easily run on electricity. 
President Joe Biden has set aside $8 billion to build at least four hydrogen hubs where the fuel will be produced and used, and states are gearing up to compete. U.S. utility companies that now deliver natural gas see hydrogen as a savior, announcing more than two dozen hydrogen pilot projects in the last two years. They then state more than a dozen U.S. states are vying for $8 billion in federal funds to host hydrogen hubs. Yes, another so-called tech cure that's actually worse than what it claims to mitigate. What a surprise. But no one seems to care, so long as the money keeps rolling in. The report continues. Once it escapes, much of the leaked hydrogen will be absorbed by microbes in the soil. Some of what's left in the air will react with a substance that helps remove methane from the atmosphere. And that's a problem. Yes, it is. Because methane is itself a powerful greenhouse gas with more than 80 times the global warming potential of carbon dioxide over 20 years. And as I stated a moment ago, over 10 years, it's 120 times more potent. They then state leaked hydrogen has other warming effects as well. In the troposphere, the atmospheric layer closest to the ground, it triggers a chain of chemical reactions. Listen carefully because I'm going to cover another story in a moment that connects to this. Triggers a chain of chemical reactions that produce more ozone, another greenhouse gas, and a key component of smog. And remember, surface ozone, bad. Atmospheric ozone, good. Remember, there's a difference. More from the report, much higher up in the stratosphere, the hydrogen leads to an increase in water vapor, which has the overall effect of trapping more thermal energy in the atmosphere, i.e. more heating. Water vapor is also a greenhouse gas. That's why the climate engineers are trying to reduce it myopically. But what are they not remembering? Water vapor is needed to make clouds, which actually do cool the planet. Pharmaceutical industrial mentality in our skies, and it will kill us if it's allowed to continue, it will kill us all. More from the report, many utility companies are experimenting with blending hydrogen into their existing natural gas pipelines, sprawling networks that feed everything from power plants to household stoves. And that's a recipe for leaks. The report states, we're at risk of proceeding with the build out of new infrastructure that's essentially going to repeat all the past harms. Yet again, so much for technology saving us. For a longer and larger dose of this theme, technology saving us. Search and view Planet of the Humans online. Tech's not saving us, it's killing us. Take a good long look up at our skies for the most glaring example of all, the ongoing climate intervention insanity, which is, mathematically and statistically speaking, the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face for many reasons, short of nuclear cataclysm. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 356, June 4th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, G-E-O, the word engineering, watch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations, known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Texas, Alabama, Florida, Denver, Washington State, Oregon, the Northeast, Sacramento, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Phoenix, and Las Vegas, and we hope to add the city of Pittsburgh to that list soon. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last-hour effort to sound the alarm. In regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share it is by circulating the direct link to the dimming from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. 
Please examine our ongoing legal action against the so-called fact-checker that is responsible for triggering Facebook's censorship of the dimming documentary and all geoengineeringwatch.org data as, quote, false news on Facebook, because a single so-called scientist says so. Dr. Douglas McMartin from Cornell University in New York stated that he was, quote, 100% certain that climate engineering was not occurring in our skies. But unfortunately, he didn't offer a single shred of data to back up his claim. The link to the full report on our legal action against this so-called fact-checker can be found on the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. Moving on, more on the subject of the climate intervention insanity. Let's take a moment to rewind and remember what I covered two broadcasts ago, the new and most comprehensive study of its type that has now completely obliterated the entire premise for global climate engineering solar radiation management operations. This is from nasa.gov, nasa.gov. NASA simulation volcanoes might warm climate and destroy the ozone layer. Again, a reminder from that report, a new NASA climate simulation suggests that extremely large volcanic eruptions, which is what solar radiation management is designed to simulate, might significantly warm Earth's climate and devastate the ozone layer that shields life from the sun's ultraviolet radiation. The result, they state, contradicts previous studies indicating these volcanoes actually cooled the climate. Oops, we were wrong. Oops, it's far worse than we thought. And yet these programs rage on in our skies because it's never been about benevolence. It's never been about helping anything planetarily, ecologically. Climate engineering is and always has been about power and control. It's about controlling populations, waging war on them without them ever even knowing they were under assault. They can blame it on nature as they're brought to their knees. For more details on the now completely obliterated conclusion that climate engineering will, quote, cool the planet, which it won't, hasn't, and isn't, review the recent geoengineeringwatch.org report titled, Is It Game Over? It can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. On top of further fueling the planetary meltdown and destroying the ozone layer, climate engineering operations are the core causal factor behind the lack of rain in the western U.S. On that note, this new headline from the L.A. Times, unprecedented water reductions kick in for drought-hit Los Angeles. See the engineer drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more and look at some of our presentations going back a decade that stated exactly what would happen and exactly what has happened. Another headline last week. Study finds groundwater depletion causes California farmland to sink. Suggests countermeasures. Yes, more tech. Always one layer of tech on top of another on top of another. And where has that led us so far? Not just to the edge of the abyss, but now nearing the moment of impact on the bottom. But remember, so-called scientists are being paid big bucks to come up with so-called solutions. Solutions to their earlier fatally flawed so-called solutions. It just goes on and on. It's a true circus of total insanity. More headlines. Asia's coastal cities sinking faster than sea level rise. Gee, what a surprise when you build thousand-foot-high, unimaginably heavy buildings on strata that had groundwater below it. What a surprise that it sinks, and what so-called scientists said it wouldn't because it was being paid to say it wouldn't. Let's bounce back to the subject of changing atmospheric chemistry and the make-it-up-as-they-go yarns from the so-called climate science community, whose job it is to cover the tracks of the climate engineers. From the UK Daily Mail and other sources, this headline from last week, 
entirely new kind of, quote, highly reactive chemical is found in Earth's atmosphere, and it could be triggering respiratory and heart diseases and contributing to global warming, scientists claim. Remember what I said earlier in this broadcast, contaminating every breath we take? How many times on this broadcast, now 356 of them in a row, and hundreds and hundreds of other broadcasts I've done for many sites, sources, and individuals, how many times... I could never count that I have stated that climate engineering is further fueling planetary meltdown and contaminating every breath we take. Let's go further into this article and connect some puzzle pieces. Scientists have detected a new type of extremely reactive substance in Earth's atmosphere that could pose a threat to human health as well as the global climate. Trioxides are even more reactive than peroxides, which have two oxygen atoms attached to each other, making them highly reactive and often flammable and explosive. Let's add some methane and let's add some hydrogen sulfide too because that's also blowing out of thawing ground deposits. And that's it's on the surface, even more dangerous. The report then states the specific trioxides they have detected called hydrotrioxides are, they say, a completely new class of chemical compounds and are formed under atmospheric conditions. They just magically form there and scientists don't know how else they could have got there, do they? Because they're paid not to know. That statement again, formed under atmospheric conditions. What does that even mean? Think about that statement. Is that the transparent attempt to give the impression what is happening in our atmosphere is somehow natural? What a travesty. Our atmosphere has been blasted with chemicals, pollution, and RF microwave transmissions for how long? 75 years for most of those factors. And now we're to believe... That for all these years, the so-called science community had no idea of this threat. Like they still pretend to have no idea that the shockingly blatant climate engineering elephant in the sky is there. Like they pretend to have never in hundreds of years ever seen the dozen and a half brand new cloud types that they pretend are a result of just nature. The planetary asylum becomes more insane by the day. And the climate science community continues to make it up as they go because that's what they're paid to do. To cover the tracks of the climate engineers and the central banker money printers that pay them. Let's cover a few more excerpts from this so-called science report, a.k.a. climate engineering cover-up document. They say, the type of compounds we discovered are unique in their structure and because they are extremely oxidizing, they most likely bring a host of effects that we have yet to uncover. Gee, we didn't know. Paid not to know. They then say as sunlight is both reflected and absorbed by aerosols, remember what climate engineering uses? Sprayed aerosols into the atmosphere. This affects Earth's heat balance, they say, which is true, traps more heat than it deflects. That is the ratio of sunlight that Earth absorbs and sends back into space. When aerosols absorb substances, they grow and contribute to cloud formations, which affects Earth's climate as well. How can people not notice when the entire sky becomes blotted out with the sprayed filth out of jet aircraft and they go about with their iPhones and whatever else they're doing and their new nothing down, no interest and no payments for six months vehicle, never even noticing the skies, never noticing the lack of insects, that the trees are dying, lack of birds, biospheres imploding all around them. How few never even notice. And on the subject of never even noticing, here's the final statement from this report. These compounds in the atmosphere, have always been around, they say. We just didn't know about them, i.e., we never noticed before. The study was published in the journal Science. Yes, so-called science. What has it actually become? Covering the tracks 
of the climate engineers, of the medical industrial complex, of the military industrial complex, of the carbon fuel industry, of the nuclear fuel industry, of the wireless communications industry, of big pharma. The list goes on and on. Yes, science to the highest bidder. Trust the experts, we are told, but consider that so many in the science community have been and are completely betraying the human race and the entire web of life in exchange for a paycheck and a pension, neither of which will matter sooner than almost any dare to imagine. We can at least try to hide from many threats, but we can't escape from what's occurring in our skies and all the ramifications from the climate engineering assault. How willfully blind do so many have to be that they don't see or that they refuse to recognize the jet-sprayed toxic particulate filth that so often fills our skies. Even when there's some lower-level cumulus clouds trying to form, frequently there's an overstory of featureless, dirty white climate engineering canopy, an overstory of jet-sprayed filth disrupting rainfall patterns, creating epic drought and deluge scenarios, contaminating again every breath we take. On that note of good cheer, let's launch into more bad news. From numerous sources last week, energy experts sound alarm about U.S. electric grid, quote, not designed to withstand the impacts of climate change, end quote. As heat ramps up, report states, ahead of what forecasters say will be a hotter than normal summer. Hotter than normal. Every summer is hotter than normal. Normal goes back about 170 or 80 years before industrialized society really kicked off. And they raise the bar of, quote, normal every year, and it's still harder than, quote, normal. Keep that in mind. Electricity experts, they say, and officials are warning that states may not have enough power to meet demand in the coming months, and many of the nation's grid operators are also not taking climate change into account in their planning, even as extreme weather becomes more frequent and more severe. Let's keep this in mind. Climate engineering radically reduces all three primary forms of alternative energy. I'm not going to call it renewable energy because it's not. It's alternative energy. is better than outright burning of carbon fuels. But hydro, wind, and solar, all three forms radically and negatively affected by climate engineering. Consider that all the major reservoirs in the West that produced a tremendous amount of hydro energy are all now almost dry. That's a direct result of climate engineering cutting off the flow of precipitation into the U.S. West, and that's not even to count the crushing of crops from the same process, protracted drought. Cutting off of precipitation, that's not speculation, theory, or hypothesis. We can see it on satellite imagery. We can debate about the agendas and objectives being carried out, but climate engineering is the core causal factor cutting off our precipitation. About wind power, now we have either all or nothing on the wind. It's either blowing like a hurricane or there's nothing, both of which negatively affect wind power. And as far as solar power goes, the express goal of climate engineering is to block the sun. And you don't have to block much direct sunlight to completely devastate solar power uptake. I know this firsthand. It's what got me into this issue. My off-grid home in the forest of Northern California on the cover of the world's largest renewable energy magazine. And I immediately noticed that whatever these jets were spraying was radically diminishing my solar power output. That's what changed the course of the last 20 plus years of my life. Testing my precipitation and realizing that climate injuring elements were being sprayed into our skies, raining down on all of us poisoning everything, destroying the atmosphere, crushing crops, creating drought deluge scenarios. And even now, the majority remain unwilling to acknowledge the climate engineering issue simply because our so-called government and so-called climate scientists deny what we can see with our own eyes. 
All who are already awake and aware are needed in this most desperate battle to reach a critical mass of awareness, which is the first and most important leap forward we can make in this fight. More on the unfolding planetary meltdown. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's recently released summer outlook forecast, which is the scheduled weather. Above average temperatures for every county in the nation, that's the U.S., All of this suggests that more power outages are on the way, not only this summer, but in the coming years as well. Again, we are facing an abrupt climate collapse being further fueled by climate engineering. It's a runaway event. The only chance we have of turning the tide is to stop the intentional interference in the planet's life support systems that allow the planet to respond to the damage already done on its own. Damage from countless forms of destructive human activity with climate engineering being at the top of that list. Next headline also from last week, more on the planetary meltdown. Arctic shipping routes are expanding faster than predicted, i.e. that means the meltdown is faster than predicted. Now the Arctic ships can go across the top of the world unobstructed. Ice melts... Navigation routes have opened in ways that were not expected until the middle of the century. With all this planetary meltdown going on, why is it so cold in Australia right now? That's a headline. And how long will it last? Question mark. A climate scientist explains, they say. My question, what kind of scientist? The bought and paid for kind? The kind that's been given the task of covering the tracks of the climate engineers and the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations that are the core causal factor behind the now constant winter weather whiplash surface cool downs that's been happening in the northern hemisphere. And now that the southern hemisphere is transitioning to their, quote, winter, it's happening there now, like clockwork. Search and review the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about the highly toxic endothermic reacting elements that are being sprayed into cloud moisture by the climate engineers. A final note on the southeastern Australia engineered cooldowns, abundant moisture is needed for chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. And not surprisingly, eastern Australia has been deluged again and again and again. Crushing crops and killing fish. The same theme. Last week from SeedWorld.com, U.S. Corn Belt on Climate Change's Path of Destruction. From that report, the U.S. Corn Belt will be unsustainable, they say, for cultivation of corn, get this, by 2100 due to climate change, according to an Emory University science study. By the end of the century, scientists, the bought and paid for kind, expect climate change to reduce corn yield significantly. By the end of the century? No, it's here, now. Here's a few headlines to back that conclusion up crop forecasts smaller than expected that's from agriculture.com that's this year 2022 and this usda forecasts smaller corn crop in 2022 that's from market watch and this igc cuts forecasts for 2022 2023 world corn crop over and over and over what the bought and paid for climate scientists want to pacify the public with that it's off out there on the horizon somewhere when it's kicking in the front door now And here's the final statement from the bought and paid for so-called scientists. They say to prevent this devastating shift, i.e. the corn crop loss, major technological advances in agricultural practices are necessary. Yes, more tech. Again, I ask, how's that going so far? From WBUR in Boston, this headline from last week, heat and sewer problems and less lobster. New report details climate change's impact in Boston. Again, none of these articles will dare mention the climate engineering elephant in the sky. Another headline from last week, facing a power crisis and searing heat, India falls back on coal. The human race, the snake eating its own tail till the brutal, bitter end. Moving on, almost out of time for this on-air broadcast from TheAtlantic.com, yet another report that exposes the technology will save us lie. 
Here's the headline. Plastic recycling doesn't work and it will never work. From that report, the United States in 2021 had a dismal recycling rate of about 5% for post-consumer plastic waste. Some materials can be effectively recycled and safely made from recycled content. Not so with plastics. A core part of the problem is that there are thousands of different plastics, each with its own composition and characteristics. They all include different chemical additives and colorants that can't be recycled together, making it impossible to sort the trillions of pieces of plastic into separate types for processing. In summary, plastics recycling, just another one of the endless lies that are pushing us all toward near-term planetary omnicide, i.e. self-extermination. And even now, how many still cling to the lie that what we, the human race, are doing is in any way sustainable? How many are still clinging to the glaring lie that the jet aircraft dispersions in our skies is just, quote, condensation and not ongoing climate engineering operations, in spite of the fact that there are volumes of film footage of nozzles mounted on these aircraft with dispersions being turned on and off? The denial runs deep. If we remain in the current course... Functional extinction for the human race is here. I vividly remember so much from my childhood in Southern California. The mountains of trash at the so-called landfill, the smog-filled skies, and traffic-jammed roads. Even as a boy, I was forever perplexed at how all the adults around me could possibly think any of it was sustainable. Modern military-industrial so-called civilization is a total train wreck. Those who can't see it yet have their eyes wide shut. Booker T. Washington said this. It applies to everything we've covered in this broadcast. A lie doesn't become truth. Wrong doesn't become right. And evil doesn't become good. Just because it's accepted by the majority. Is all of this overwhelming? Only if we choose to make it so. It's a matter of choice. A choice that is rooted in our philosophy. And yes, we all have a philosophy. It can be and always is labeled in many ways, but it comes down to our chosen rules for living, for life, what it should be about and what not. Are we here for a reason? Each must decide for themselves. Could or should that reason be centered in personal pursuits of pleasure, comfort, and ease of life, or principles far larger and of immeasurably greater gravity? Again, I ask Are we here at this most critical time in the existence of the human race, indeed of life on earth, for a reason? Is it all just an accident of fate or divine destiny? Again, each must decide for themselves. Which road will each decide to take? The wide road or the narrow path? Now's the time when we each must decide for ourselves who we are and why we're here. Here's the unspun truth. We are late in the game. We must make every day count as biosphere collapse accelerates by the day with climate engineering operations radically fueling the process. The global controllers are now more desperate and dangerous than ever before. They'll play every card they have at their disposal. You can count on that. All of us are needed in this most desperate battle to pull back the curtain, expose them, and stop them once and for all. The money printers are at the top of the power structure pyramid. They control the matrix. See the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. Share credible data from a credible source. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Stay strong. Never yield. Let's continue our march headlong into the storm. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.